0: Welcome to the Future Food Citizenship Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie.
1: And I'm Sinead. Join us in conversations with the changemakers shaping a new fairer food system.
0: In our first episode, we are talking to Anna Kura from the Food Essex Council about her fascinating research on food citizenship. Welcome to our show, Anna.
2: Thank you. Hello. <sighs>
0: To start off, Anna, can you tell us what exactly is food citizenship?
2: So for me, uh, personally, uh, food citizenship is just a state of mind of constantly being aware that my agency um, in this world, and I guess in a food and farming context, since this is what we're talking about, My agency really goes beyond my ability to consume goods. Um, I can contribute and and support um, the kind of system, food system, or the kind of world that I I envision in many different ways, not just by purchasing things.
1: So, Anna, tell us us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself to the listeners and what do you do?
2: So, as you said, my name is Anna. Uh, I am a Programme Manager at the Food Ethics Council, um, I my work really looks at uh, managing key programs that we have in the organization, mostly looking at our ethical tools um, that we develop and, and provide uh, as part of our work. And then another big program that I'm currently looking at is in relation to food citizenship, which we'll be talking about um, today. And I can tell you a little bit more about the Food Ethics Council as well. So. The the Food Ethics Council um, is a charity. We're based in London in the UK. We were founded about 20 years ago by by a bunch of philosophers and um, a group of food and farming experts, who at the time wanted to explore um, the ethical implications of new technologies, um, and we're concerned that the right questions weren't really being asked. Um, so really, since then, um, this has really been that where we stemmed from, and. Um, as an organisation, our mission really is to, to build a fair and resilient food system that respects people, animals and the planet. Um, so we try to compensate everybody. And the way that we try and achieve this, in, I guess, is making sure that we're asking the right questions. So by doing that, really, what we're doing is, is we challenge um, a lot of the underlying assumptions that we make in decision making, Um And we're trying to equip people with the right tools. Uh, So I mentioned the ethical tools, for example, um, but also the right space to, to think more deeply about some of the issues that we face in the sector. And then, when appropriate, we also promote considered solutions um, to these challenges. Um, This is roughly what what we do. Um, And so we're very much in this sort of thinking space. um, And myself, I'm a zoologist, and I've I've come into this space um, really excited and discovering so much more about language and philosophy, uh, which is so um, complementary, I guess, to the hard science that I come from. So it's a beautiful... um, And very needed um, space to talk about.
1: Yeah, I um, I have to say I'm obviously a big fan of the food ethics council's work, (laughs) Um, and that's how we came across you because I have read a few of your reports, particularly the most recent one on uh, the agenda. One isn't it in research?
2: Yes. So the the for whom report that we published earlier this year um, is very much along the lines of what we do. So it, it was really about. Challenging the underlying assumptions um, that um are made when um the research agenda in, in food and farming is being set. Um so it was really talking about what these assumptions are, um, what are the things that we need to be mindful of and what the alternative could be, what are the other things that we can look at um within that space. And it was very much um I mean it was a compilation of over 30 different experts in the field from around the world who brought their voice um, to this report, and we're very grateful for that. Um, so again, just providing the space for all these voices to to come together as well is very important to us. Um, we're hoping that this will lead to more work uh, going forward.
1: So, um, food citizenship—that's how we ended up talking to yourself, Anna, because it's something that we um, do here at Future. We try and. Kind of what we say, awaken the food citizen in us, and to get people to think of themselves as more than uh, mere consumers. So, can you tell us how, and I suppose why, um, did your work on food citizenship? How did it come about?
2: Yes. So the the work on food citizenship really originates from a collaborative innovation project that was run by the New Citizenship Project. Um, They started back in two thousand sixteen. And really, they basically ran an inquiry that brought together representatives from six organizations from across the UK food system. And the objective really was to explore and, I guess, play around with a new way of thinking about some of the challenges that we face in in the food and farming system. Um, And the key question that they brought forward was, um, how can we create more value in the food system by shifting from a consumer to a citizen mindset? And I can talk a little bit more about mindsets in a a moment. but, so the new citizenship project really what i mean one of their the, the the main work is is looking at this shift and um, they they produced a report called the citizen shift a few years ago as well which is really worth a read um and we were involved in that process as well so just bringing in i guess a, um, a food angle to it um and they published a report last year called the food citizenship report uh, which i highly highly recommend um the listeners uh to to read it and clearly, there was, it was really well received. Uh, there is such an appetite for um, this kind of idea at the moment. And in some level, this idea is already, already bubbling up everywhere. Um, but we might not necessarily know that it's happening, or we might not necessarily have named it. We might not have done it consciously, really, but it is happening. And what we thought at the Food Ethics Council is that it wouldn't be great to help consolidate that sort of emerging movement um, and, and making it as strong as possible so that it becomes, hopefully, in, in, the, in the future, the, the, a new way of looking at the system and therefore doing business within that system and interacting with the food system in a different way.
0: Um, can you give us, uh, this is all very theoretical, can you give us some um, examples on how does it look like in, in practice, actually? What does it imply to, you know, food citizenship and language?
2: Yes, um, so there's a lot there. Um, so to understand, I guess it's, it's maybe it's worth for me to just explain a little bit what we mean by food citizenship in itself. Um, so um, the idea really is that you... So at the moment, the language that we use around food um, and beyond food, but just let's focus on food, um, is really around the consumer. So the way that people talk to us um, is as a consumer. The way that we see our agency in the food system is as a consumer. And even though the consumer might just be a word, a lot of research shows that um, even just being triggered with this word, our... Our agency or our sense of responsibility our our level of trust, even or how how important we think it is to participate in our community is significantly diminished by just being exposed to this word um, and the thing is with with words and language is that it's not just the one word; it comes with a whole set of um of ideas. This is a natural thing that we do as human beings just to organize our thoughts we we frame things around. Um, around a particular idea just to make sense of the world, which is a very useful thing to do, unless it then limits um, us in, in coming up with innovative solutions, um, to the, especially with the problems that we're facing at the moment. So food citizenship really comes from this idea that we're not just consumers. We're m- much more than that. We're citizens in the sense that we, we have a lot more agency, a lot more power um, to, to shape the system that we have. So, based on this idea, um, if we start thinking this way, if we start treating our employees, if we're an organisation, or um, our our customers, um, or even suppliers—you know, if you work in the food system, or even as an individual—if you just become aware that um, you have, you are this this food citizen. Um, I mean, you eat food and. You've got uh, power to to make your voice heard um, more than what the system might necessarily tell you at the moment. This is what I guess encompasses food citizenship. So, bearing that in mind, what does that look like? So, um, food citizenship is can be expressed in lots of different ways. Um, and one of my jobs over the next two years is, I guess, gather as many sort of UK examples as I can. Um, but the the first step really is to just address people in a different way. Um, there is a great example. Um, I tend to use uh, Rebel Kitchen in the UK um, as an example. Um, I mean, I think their their catchphrase is "Be a rebel." So already they're already thinking about their their target audience in a different way. And thankfully, it's not just a marketing thing. Their their business is built around that that idea. That you're not just buying their products you you know they they have a belief system behind them and they that goes beyond this transactional consumerism um way um, so they're a really good example of of that um and there's another one uh, which is really fascinating and this one is called uh Tony's uh, Chocolonely's so it's a, it's a chocolate yes it's just chocolate bars um but it, the brand was created by a, a Dutch um, journalist who um, had done a a documentary on the global um, sl- global slavery uh, in the food um, in the chocolate trade. And he was very disheartened by the lack of impact that the documentary had had. So he decided to uh, create a brand to prove that you could have a viable business in the chocolate industry that wouldn't that would tackle modern slavery. And um, and so his whole brand is really based around this this mission that is to to eradicate um, modern slavery. And the way that he engages with his customers isn't just you know selling them um, selling them chocolate bars which the profits will go towards some fancy project um it is really about empowering them to be part of him his mission um so again it's about bringing people on the same level as as you are um and engage with them at the same level as as you trying to to make change happen so he would have he would make them participate in this business from like making them choose different flavors but also he would provide them with um uh, template letters that customers can then send on and, and become um, promote this fight against modern slavery as well um so basically really empowering them to to tackle the the issue that they that he's trying to tackle as well um and there are many more i mean the way you address people is one thing uh, the way you empower them once you've addressed them differently is, is another thing the way you allow them to participate in some of the things that you do as an organization um, is key um, and then you know at, at the pinnacle I guess is co-owning which I'm aware not everybody can do but this idea that um, everybody has a say in, in in whatever enterprise you have I mean the community supported agriculture is a, is a fantastic model for that um, so this idea that everybody owns a share really of of, of this venture, um, it, this is a really good um, example as well of what food citizenship means, this idea that we all care about the same things and we all have a say about how things are done in the system.
0: That's really interesting and what I was just thinking is that the 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 whole area of social enterprises is actually going along with uh, creating that culture of food citizenship because you mentioned these different companies and um, I think we can see um, a different type of economy emerging at the moment as well with I think one quarter of um, all new enterprises that are formed are actually social enterprises and they they play very much into this idea of food citizenship or you know like a different type of consumption
1: yeah, social enterprises are, are very much mission-led, so the aim is to trade an income so that it fulfills your mission, and they try to involve as kind of many people as possible, so it is that participatory kind of mission-led, but you still trade, you know, so that you can be sustainable, and I, I do think that that, I think you're right, I think there's so many things happening that... We probably don't recognize as a new form of citizenship or not even a new form a, an awakening of citizenship across the board, whether that's political food or something else. you know I think people are I think we're aware that it's it's not working, <laughs> so we're trying to kind of uh, i suppose evolve into a, a new kind of socioeconomic system that works for us all and not just the few but that's yeah, I, very philosophical. <laughs>
2: no i absolutely agree i think there is i think as a society we we've we've really we're really craving um sort of being able to express um the values that i think have been dormant for a, a big chunk of of for nearly a good generation or two um at the very least i think uh where this consumer um idea has just taken over and i think um i'm quite hopeful that our you know the the, the new generation coming in um is challenging this so much and and we can see i mean the the b corp um um, certification as well as sort of coming off the roof as well so you know there's clearly a a desire to to align i guess um our business values with with our human values which is a very positive thing
0: yeah i agree and i was just thinking um so um could you give us um, some ideas on how you would like to see your research being used actually?
2: The report really was written by the New Citizenship Project and they really are the experts when, when it comes to this idea um, and in fact they have um, as part of the report they've also included five tools that anybody can use um, to to get us started in this journey because it is a journey <laughs> um, so it can be very simple things like um just have your consumer alarm on um and by this i mean you know if you just hear the word consumer it's probably very indicative that you are um that you're having a conversation framed around the consumer mindset um and therefore um might be limiting in if you're trying to solve things that are problems that are bigger than us um that would be one of them um Um, Another tool that they've also developed, uh, which is very handy, um, is almost like a a citizen dictionary. So the thing with with language, the things with the words, even though you're looking at just the one word, it triggers a whole set of frames and ideas. And they usually come as well with a whole set of other words. So the the citizen dictionary is great because um, it basically um, suggests alternative words that you can use to help you to help you frame the the conversation in in a way that triggers then the the idea of citizenship that we all have and we might give us like different name but but it's there and we just haven't we haven't really used it very much i think so all these words can help you bring that idea back to the the forefront of your mind and you know i just i i highly recommend looking at their other tools they're 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 really really handy um, and then I suppose just talk talk to other people um within the citizenship mindset if possible um and and spread the word. I think it it is something that, from my experience, everybody connects with this idea um and I believe it is because our nature is it encompasses so many more um attributes that the consumer currently allows us to express so um i'd be a lot of some people have been really nervous about using or or challenging some of their audiences with this idea but my experience is that everybody's very receptive to it um so yeah i would encourage for for people to talk about it more with their peers
1: Uh, yeah I I agree I think one of the strongest things that comes across to me from the food citizenship report is the language you know these simple words and yeah that they trigger a certain thing from us and with the consumer there is this idea that we always act um, as self-interested and and competitive and it's not denying that as humans we don't have those traits but I don't think that they're the traits that define us so um, even I was recently listening to John Alexander's podcast with BBC4 talking about citizenship and and the language that we use and one of the things that actually really stood out for me um, was that we can kind of invent tools to help the consumer to say make ethical choices. But that if they're still in the consumer mindset or, as he said, in the zenith of the store, which is kind of the home of the consumer, <laughs> it restricts them. That, and this is what creates this value action gap that most of us want to do things better or choose better, but that the action seems to be quite low. And what explains this is that actually our whole environment supports the consumer choices more than any other choice.
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean that 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 talk is excellent as well. If you can if you can link people to it, um, and and also it, it kind of then limits the conversation around what people can afford as well. Um, and you know, it, it, it the agency that we have is goes beyond our wallets, and not you know not everybody can afford to make to, to align their their ethics, I guess, with with what they kind of what they can purchase. So it just it just. Limits really the, the conversation. Um, another another thing that John said actually in that in that talk that I that really resonates with me is is against just talking about the word and that on the surface level it, it looks like a word but in in fact it's a, we're looking at a moral idea mm. and that the and and this the word if it would really represents what the right thing. Is for us to do in our daily lives, and the word consumer really represents the idea that agency is limited to consumption only. And um, and whereas citizenship um, brings in a lot of other set of values and and allows us to express ourselves um, a lot more. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, I I think I think citizenship kind of instills a, a sense of responsibility, whereas consumer you're always meant to act in the interest of kind of the best deal for the littlest price you know <laughs> yeah
2: but it, it's interesting so i mean there there's been um i can talk a little bit about the research that's been done uh, on just comparing the, the these two words and um there was this um there was this experiment carried out by northwestern university um they've got a fantastic paper on this and one of the one of the experiments that they did was uh, on a water well that i can i can talk you through a little bit so they essentially asked uh, people to to answer two sets of questions um, they asked them to imagine well i'll, I'll set them out to you so imagine that you're one of four individuals that depend on a single well of water and that that this well of water is starting to run dry so as a group you need to use less water and participants were asked two questions so first to what extent would you be prepared to use less water yourself and then to what extent would you trust the other three to use less water as well um and and the groups were split into two, so half of them were asked the question as I've said it as four individuals, and the other half were asked as four consumers and the results were so fascinating um basically those who were addressed to as consumers not only were they less were less likely to reduce their own usage of, of the water well uh but they were also very uh they they were less trusting of other people. And I guess it brings to, to a point that you're, what you were saying um, made me think of is that um, when we see ourselves as individuals or as citizens, um, we have this sense of responsibility um, that comes forward, but we don't necessarily think that other people should either. We trust them that they would, um, but it doesn't come with judgment, actually, or... Um, or this idea that oh people ought to do that. It's a very um, it's a very welcoming, very open um, attitude uh, towards what they're responsible for and and caring about uh, you know the environment that they're in. Um, and I, I found that was really nice because often in the debate, especially when it comes to ethical choices or ethical consumerism, um, there is an issue of. Morality, Like, it becomes, people make the right, whatever that is, the right ethical choice, have this moral high ground. And then that then just creates a lot of set of issues as well. Like, um, it it judges people who don't, even though they might not, because they're just not empowered to do so. (laughs) Um, And it just makes the whole conversation so much harder.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's something we always notice as well is, you know, you can talk of yourself as an ethical consumer and, other people they do feel restricted by their agency, but they mightn't speak of it in that way, so they'll think of it in the terms, "Oh well, you have more money than me," or something like that and it can it can make you feel worse and then completely uh-huh. detached from wanting to do anything about it where i I think John's talk is fantastic, where it's just the citizenship because when you think of yourself a citizen, you do inherently believe. Well, if they think of themselves as that, then they're going to do what's right for the good of the social good for everyone because that's again it's that frame that we use for citizenship versus the consumer who is always self interested yeah it's yeah. it's it's fascinating language and how it frames everything that we do, yeah,
2: yes, and so, so yeah language is interesting and and again, so the word leading to an idea leading to a mindset and mindsets are fascinating um there is a systems analyst called uh, Donella Meadows who has done a lot of work on, um, I guess, le- points of uh, leverage in a system. And um, she came up with a list of know, 12 or 13 different points that you can create change um, um, from something as simple as perhaps changing um, some legislation or looking at taxes, all the way up to changing mindsets. Um and saying that if you change a mindset, even even a little bit, <laughs> then it cascades through everything else. So it's incredibly powerful thing to do to change a mindset. Um, of course, um, changing mindsets um, is the thing that a system would resist the most. So it is not, it's not an easy thing. But at the same time, mindset is just an idea. So if we just change that idea or shift that idea um, or broaden up that idea, depending on how you want to frame it, um, then you know, we can potentially make radical change
0: in in the system, and that's very exciting. It is, yeah. We were just um, talking the other day about uh, climate change and how climate change really needs behavior change, and um, it all starts with change in the mindset. And um, if you think about it, changing ideas actually easier <laughs> in in the way than than taking big actions. So, or it is a really big action actually. So. We should all be working on it, and I think the the, the food citizenship report is a really inspiring and encouraging to use uh, what came out of it to really start changing that that language and the culture and yeah, and just to hope that then the behaviour change will follow and we can make really big societal changes. Then, yeah,
2: yes, I think so. The the, the behaviour change, I think, is is true. Um, I would be careful though because I again I i i, I wouldn't I wouldn't want this to be about oh what what can we do as an individual alone I think um we can all do something and and by all I mean individuals but as well as uh, people who actually shape the language environment you know we often we often talk about oh we need to tackle the food environment to to deal with things like obesity etc and you know one of the key element of that food environment I think is the language but who sets that language so of course, as individuals, we can demand to be to, to, to be treated as citizens, and and we can remind ourselves constantly uh, to, that we are citizens. Um, however, the, we're fighting this language environment, um, and so I'm, I, I look out to you know those who, who shape that language environment, whether it's the media, whether it's um, sort of really big um, NGOs working in that space or big brands, and really think about the the amazing opportunity they have in in basically changing the the story that we tell of ourselves within the food context um they set the scene so if if they um if they can embrace uh, food citizenship um they have they 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 have such a big stake at at defining um what what that means for us um, so I really hope that um these organizations see that opportunity and and also think about you know themselves as individuals working for these organizations I mean we, we were just talking about people and you know we all care about the same things We all want change to happen and you know they, they can do that by by just being more aware of the language that they use and the kind of ideas that they 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 set on society really
0: do you think there's a, a danger that it can be hijacked You know, in the way that sustainability as a word has been overused and and also negative, or just to sell stuff, you know, because the marketers are aware that this is a language people want to hear or this is a new thing. And do you think there is a a danger in that as well?
2: So, I think in terms of what food citizenship really means, no, because it's an idea. And, um, but that said, you know, it could. It, it could be hijacked anything could be hijacked <laughs> i suppose and um and it's but that's why i guess transparency um is so important um as well so this this idea doesn't have to be shouldn't be i guess a, a side project that your comms team kind of deals with this is um something that as an organization should live and breathe um in some level, that's probably why most of the examples that I find are in sort of new ventures. So, uh, because it's it's much easier to build um, a venture or business or an organization um, on th- where the foundation is set right, where where this idea really is embedded within that foundation, than, to, I guess, to retrofit um, an organization that's already set. That said... It can still change and if you look at um the work that ncp did with with the six organizations it was fascinating to see those those six organizations really you know big organizations who could see that that this idea could really help them solve so many of the problems that they want to solve and all the issues that they care about um i mean one one of the things that one of them did was um, they organized an event with some of the members to to talk about how they could solve um, um, recycling uh, packaging issues um, in in their stores and um, you know they've been trying to to deal with that issue for for a while but instead of coming up with the idea on their own they really brought together all the people that you know all the members from that from that organization and and tried to come up with solutions together and so there are always there are always ways to apply this. Whether you are you starting up, um, whether you have an idea that you want to build up, or whether you you're an organisation that has been going on for many many years, um, because you still we're still facing the same issues. That's the thing. We still have to tackle climate change. We still have to um, you know reduce obesity rates. We still have to deal with food waste. We still have you know there's so many things that we have to tackle as a group. Um, and and thinking about yourselves um, or well, ourselves um, and, and, and our audiences as food citizens really kind of makes us realize that actually the way we've been doing things is not the only way of doing things. There are other ways of doing it. If I, if I may actually mention, there is this uh, great report um, that came out a few weeks ago or last month called... Uh, Framing the economy, um, which I really recommend, um, because it again, we when we talk about changing the system, we can't help but basically bump against the economic system. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, and well, I'm not an economist by far. Um, the report that they that the New Economics Foundation published um, called Framing the Economy is really fascinating because again, it looks at what what the economy is how do we perceive the economy um in britain um and what would what is the dominant story about the uk economy and how can we change it
1: yeah i <clears throat> i find that um i find it actually really empowering that for you for so often coming from our background in climate change and things like that sometimes you can become uh, you can kind of feel that oh will you ever get things done or will things ever change and but I think just the, the language that we now use in future and, and stuff like that really I think helps to empower and even for us what we do now is we share the stories of other people and it creates this whole new narrative around our role within the food system because we never use the word consumer because the consumer we even when we even now talk about consumer it's someone else you know we're kind of going oh they're consumers as Mm. if that they're this whole kind of mass of people that just walk around and but I'm not one um but we are all one and when we think of ourselves differently and you talk to normal people and we say to them you know Natalie contacted some amazing people and just said you know I you know would you talk to us because I think you're a food citizen and you can see that person going oh I, I never really thought of myself and you can see themselves yeah. within themselves all of a sudden kind of feeling oh actually yeah, i am making a difference and again it's it's not to focus on uh, the individual because yes we need societal change but if everyone can see that actually you don't need to be a climate change expert to affect our world you know that you can with other people change the conversation and change the yeah. story to create to create a new a new system and whether that's the we we feel that food is central to that if we can get the food system right everything else will fall into place
0: hopefully <laughs>
2: <And I think laughs> yeah absolutely so. sorry no.
0: go on. I think it's really beautiful what you said that, uh, about the, the consumer mindset very individualistic and, and that the food citizen mindset is one of community and, and, and we can see that now what Sinead just mentioned, like just by addressing people as food citizen and bringing them all together, we are creating that movement, that, that community and it, it really works with, with you know, addressing them through food citizenship.
2: Yeah, this idea of community is so important. I think we all we all miss the sense of community. Um I mean then again I speak from from somebody who lives in the big city and and <laughs> we we drowned with the amount of people yet I think that the feeling of community and connectedness is is not as strong as I think we crave for. Um I really like your point you said uh Sinead, about the the stories and the stories that we tell. Um and this my one of my favorite quotes uh from a, a writer that I love. Um called um, uh, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Um, she said that if you show people as one thing, only one thing over and over again, that is what they become. Um, I mean, she talks about many more issues. She doesn't talk about food specifically here, but this idea that the the, the, the story and that we say and the amount of times that we say it really frames um, who we become. And therefore, sharing the stories of food citizenship is so important. Um, connecting people with this story these stories are so important um, and one of the things that i'm i'm working towards for the next two years at least um is to gather as many examples of of food citizenship happening in action in the uk because people need to be exposed to those stories um so that they can again just be reminded of of how diverse our our, our I don't know. Our personality is going to be our human nature is how how broader, how much broader it is. Um, and at the moment, the, the the only story that we hear, whether it's in in the news or just even the way people just talk about some of these issues, is all framed in in a in a very limited way. Um, but by telling this alternative story, these alternative um, ways of thinking and doing things, and illustrating what that looks in practice, I think is so important.
1: Yeah, I I I think so too. I think it helps people to see the alternative and not just to see the alternative, but they can begin to feel a part of a movement towards an alternative and shape it themselves that because it's so because again it's the citizenship cuz to to be a part of a citizenship we all have to act within that and i, I yeah i think it's I, I 100% agree with your comment on on community as
0: well we do we do miss it. <laughs> yeah we do crave it and it just shows how creative we all can be to be part of that solution and that it's very empowering actually
2: yeah it's it definitely like just you know just changing the problem really helps you look at lots of different ways that you can solve it um so it's you know just looking at things in a slightly different way, is always very helpful when you're problem solving. <laughs> and food, food is such a, an amazing platform to be talking about these issues. I mean, we, these issues of, of consumerism and, and citizenship—they're they're not obviously not limited to food, but food connects everybody. This is the one the one thing that we all have to do. We all have to eat. We we'll, we're all connected to food, and and also food is more than just a, a commodity. It's such um, it's such a visceral. Our, of our nature. I mean, we we connect with food in so many different ways. Um, you know, it's it's an, it's an, it can be emotional. It's cultural. It's um you know we, we associate so much more with food than we do with any other commodity. Yeah. And it's such um it's it's such an incredible to 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 link up again with all these values and all these things that we do care about and we do want to express. Um, and it's a conversation that everybody can have. Absolutely
1: yeah i agree uh anna to 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 round up a little bit on on our conversation um yep. what advice would you give to others kind of starting because as you as you said at the start here this is a journey you know you can't just uh, buy an app or take five steps and be a food citizen or 12 steps to food citizenship and um, it is a journey so what would you what advice would you give to listeners
2: so uh, I guess for the individual, again, become aware of when things are framed under that consumer mindset, and remind yourself that you are a lot more than that. Um, so, uh, and try to inject the conversation with another word like people, individuals, or, or citizens. Um, and so, as a first step, just just be aware of of when you are being sidetracked into this really limiting identity. <laughs> um, and then i guess obviously read the report um, if if you want i think it's it, it will help um materialize this perhaps sometimes abstract idea and um and then going forward I'm, I'm hoping to be sharing more more stories myself so you know keep 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 um keep an eye on uh, what i'm doing if possible <laughs> um and then in, from an organizational Point of view, I guess. Um, I mean, same as as at the individual level, uh, just be become aware of, of when the the conversation is is set around the consumer. Um, but then also think about how do you talk to your employees or your just your teammates, um, organisations that you partner up with, your suppliers, your your customers. Like, how do you how do you talk to them? How, what are the opportunities you give them to? To, to be to act on on their citizenship um, and how how do you how do you influence the language environment in in your area of work I guess that would be my my, my recommendation um and then think I mean so what's great about food citizenship is that it sparks so many more questions about what do we value what do we actually want what are the things that that matter to us and they're this, there's so many resources if you know what to look for um, out there um, so um, you know I would encourage people to to inform themselves as much as 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 they can read read about these ideas um, but most importantly remember you are a food citizen whether you know it or not <laughs> I think that's that's absolutely crucial believe that um, if you don't feel like you are it's probably because you you haven't had the, the 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 right environment around you to remind you of that and that's most of us <laughs> it's not all of us so it's not you know you're not alone <laughs> you're definitely not alone mm-hmm. and um um yes just uh remind yourself of of your um agency
1: yes i agree we're all very powerful yeah we know what or not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anna thank you so much we really really appreciate um you're sharing all your knowledge with us <laughs> it's extensive and we could talk forever but i'm sure people will be like okay let's 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 do this another time <laughs> um but thanks a and anna we will add links and we'll add links to the food ethics council and the new citizenship report and some other stuff that you sent on to us before as well so that people can read
0: uh, but for now, I think anything else, Natalie? Yes. Yeah, no, thank you very much. And it's so inspiring. I think there's a lot to digest here and uh, to take in and to start uh, the little journey, you know, towards food citizenship. So it's well, great.
2: Thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, any, any questions, do reach out to me or the New Citizenship Project as well. Um, they're a fantastic team and they know so much about it as well. <laughs> so um, yeah, thank you so much for your time.
0: Perfect. Thanks. So thank much. you.
1: If you'd like to hear more from Anna and if you'd like to follow her work, you can check out uh, the Food Ethics Council at www.foodethicscouncil.co.uk or you can check out the links in our post. That's it for now, folks. Thanks a million for listening. To those of you who produce food, why not join the Fair Food Movement? Get involved, get in touch,
0: join us. And if you're into Fair Food, then become a supporting member or check out our Patreon page to help us create more content like this. Until next time, eat well, choose fair.